Hi everyone, welcome back to Venture Poland podcast. Finally, I'm back here with some uh, new guests, with some new stories about startups here in Poland, about entrepreneurship and about technology that's been developed in Poland. I was away for a few months uh, because of some business issues and those were uh, quite good issues to have. So uh, running a med tech startup, let's say, we have experienced quite a bit of an increase in uh, inquiries from clients and then the whole infrastructure helping our employees to uh, work with our clients uh, was under some kind of stress. So probably some of you experienced similar things. Uh, thankfully, the foundations and the core business remained untouched and and was able to uh, withstand this peak of uh, new clients coming into the therapy and you know we're we're good to go into 2021 when it comes to logopasia but from my perspective i now have some more time to do recordings and to finally search for new entrepreneurs uh, that are willing to share their stories with us uh, today we have a very interesting story that is related to another as we may call it, COVID-proof or pandemic-proof sector of the market, which is e-gaming or e-sports. I have invited Przemek from GG Predict. He's the CEO and we will be talking about their technology and obviously we will talk about their approach to building a startup here in Poland where the gaming community is quite big but obviously they will be reaching out to the whole population of gamers around the world. Without further ado, I would like to invite you to uh, our next episode, our next interview. Please subscribe to my channels. Please make sure to leave some comments. I would really appreciate some feedback from you guys. I'll play the intro and then we can start off. Welcome to Venture Poland podcast. My name is Daniel Czachorowski and my goal is to promote Poland as a great partner for any business venture, especially when it comes to technology. In my podcast, I interview Polish entrepreneurs, startup founders, managers and engineers, so we can all learn from them. Enjoy today's episode. Przemek Szymaszko, the CEO of GG Predict on board. Thank you very much for coming. I'm really glad that regardless of the situation, the pandemic is still ongoing and people struggle to find time to do some uh, side hustles, let's say, like my podcast, for example. That's why I'm really glad that you've managed to find some time to share your story with us. How is it going today? Uh, Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be able to talk with you. I also hope uh, things will uh, improve soon. Yeah, everything is great. Everything is great here. So I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to talk with you. Good, good. So I assume that you're very well prepared to do a 60-second pitch for us today. Crack on. Okay. So, hi, I'm, I'm Przemysław Szymaszka, the CEO of GG Predict. And at GG Predict, uh, we are all gamers and we are creating a tool that helps other gamers, other esports players, improve, get better and reach their potential in the the sport they love. Our tool uses quite sophisticated AI machine learning tools uh, to be able to analyze, give players 
deep understanding of their game, of their game mechanics, and coaches them. And this is the most important part and gives them recommendations and all the coaching that a traditional coach would do, but in a automatic and scalable manner to make them improve and to become the best players they could be in these parts. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, very interesting. I must admit that when I searched for new guests and new companies, uh, it really stands out, the idea. I mean, I'm not a big gamer. Maybe I was some time ago. I like to play games. But it was like a natural thing that it will emerge. And uh, this type of software, this type of assistance, it's just a matter of time that this will be as popular as standard tools for uh, programmers or office workers it's just a different area in which computers you know gave us the ability to express ourselves i guess yeah absolutely and um, esports and gaming in general is getting more and more popular and you know you compared it to um, office workers to programmers which is uh, fair point it's it's in, in in computer as well but on the other hand we see you know the comparison to traditional sports and how Traditional sports teams are moving into esports, how esports being very inclusive. So, you know, you, you don't have to be fit, you don't have to be young, you don't have to, you, you know, you can be anyone and still become a professional athlete in esports. So, this, this is something that, you know, among other things, is driving the popularity of this. So, on one hand, it's an extension of this, you know, computing power that helps us become programmers, office workers, but also it's, you know, an extension to traditional sports. So there is, you know, growth in different, you know, from different sides. And our tool is, I would say, takes more from the traditional sports because we look at and, and we actually work with professional sure. sports psychologists. We work with sports coaches. We, you know, take their experience of, you know, how they communicate recommendations to players in, in football, in different sports. And, and we try to turn it into into this new field of esports there are obviously some coaches in esports already and, and this is not a small market but still the experience there is in, in traditional sports is much greater and and i would say we we you know we take more from traditional sports well um i think the general public is over the fact that e-gaming is not just a hobby anymore and i, I think we can all agree here in 2020 i think things have exploded for this market. I'm curious, whereas we're anywhere near to the peak for e-gaming, and is it still something worth investing in? What's your view on that? Um, so first of all, uh, absolutely, you're right with this year, probably next year, with the, the boom of, uh, of the market, uh, both in terms of amount of players and in the number of you know, viewers, fans, and, and the audience that are you know, watching on, on streams. The, the the growths are astonishing, but I, I don't think it's it's about to stop because uh, we see that people that you know are joining esports now are not behaving like you know uh, like it's something that will come and go. They are becoming engaged in the in the scene, and you know it's it's like there are a lot of ways you know you get hooked to it because you start following your favorite team. You want to improve, you want to move up the, the ladders, the rankings of players. So probably majority of people that you know came to, to play during pandemic will will stay because they see it's a it's a great way to spend time. 
And uh, if, if you cannot play basketball because it's cold, for example, why not play Counter-Strike or League of Legends? And, you know, regarding investments, uh, they are definitely not stopping and, and everybody sees uh, that this is a trend that will continue. Uh, recently, there were a couple of big uh, industry conferences and, and some areas you can see that are expanding greatly and uh, are, you know, really newborn is, first of all, analytics, so what we do. And, and there is still a lot to come and a lot of uh, funds are interested in investing in this. But also, uh, you know, investment in teams, there are, since a couple of years, we are seeing quite a lot of uh, money being pumped into professional organization, professional teams in esports. Uh, but there are still only a couple of them or several of them that are actually achieving success. And, and we see, for example, in Poland, there are some teams that are showing some local success, but uh, we don't have any, any big champions yet. And uh, there is still quite a lot of uh, ground to cover in, in this aspect. And then post-pandemic, and this is something that is you know very hot topic right now, is is esports venues so creating you know we are you know many years ago there was a big trend for internet cafes and now it has it is kind of coming back but not as a place where you can you know serve the internet but you know having all the infrastructure for gaming so really good computer uh, you know ability to talk with your friends having some tactical analysis for example so those esports venues that create a good infrastructure for playing, for being fun, for following your favorite esports team, this is also booming right now. And this is something that will be even bigger in the post-COVID uh, post uh, times. Yeah, and, and I'm obviously only scratching the surface, but there are uh, multiple areas in, in esports that are you know, just being born and that will you know, attract investments over, over the next years. Okay, brilliant. Well... Again, my guest showed me something and now when I try to think when you talk, it's like, okay, and this can happen and this can happen. It's very interesting, especially when you don't really follow a specific trend or when you don't follow a specific market. For me, this is something that I was aware of, mm -hmm. but not really into it. And I see the potential now and I think it's going to be great for you guys. Uh, if you do things right, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the actual tech right now. Uh, from what mm -hmm. I understand, you analyze so-called demo files from each game to gather specific data on users' achievements. And this is, we talk only about uh, Counter-Strike for now. Mm -hmm. And my question here is, are you not afraid that it is very risky approach as the game developers uh, may want to change something and your software suddenly becomes incompatible. What happens next if something goes wrong with this? Um, so there are, there are multiple ways to extract data that we do. Um, our technology, what it basically does is it intercepts the communication between player and the server. And it takes you know, the packets that are flowing. You know, when you play a computer game, you move your mouse and your computer sends information to the server this player has moved his mouse, you know, move his crosser there. And if he shoots, he shoots in a different place than he, he would shoot before. So all of this is stored as packets, as, you know, something that we can, game analyzes, so we can analyze too. Demo files that you mentioned are, you know, a recording of all those packets of everything that happened in, in the, during the game. 
And it's a very easy and convenient way to uh, analyze all of this, but it's not the, the only way. Okay. So right now we're using it because it's, it's the most convenient for us. If for some reason the game developer would like to, uh, you know, cut the access to it, we would still manage to go and, and that wouldn't change a lot to us. It would require a bit of additional work, but nothing really groundbreaking for us. Yeah, and regarding next games, um, technologically, like I said, this communication and how the game works uh, is in general the same in all the games. You know, there, there are very there are some game specific issues, but you know, knowing how this works, and we have great talent from gaming industry, from big data industry, and on our team, we can easily move to other games, and we have already done. To be honest, we decided to stick with Counter Strike for the beginning. Uh, just to be able to focus on one market, to build our, our sales, our marketing competences here, uh, and to you know build our product in an environment that we believe is the best for, for starters, where the community is the most mature. And once we're happy with our position in Counter-Strike, we'll move on to next games. So this is entirely a business decision and not technical decision. We just didn't want it to spread our resources. We wanted to, you know, be, be very focused at first. Exactly. That's true. Uh, okay. Uh, is there anything else you would like to share about the actual product and technology before we move on? Because I'm about to ask uh, startup related questions more on the finance side. Something maybe you would like to show off. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I could talk about our product for, for hours now. Um, I would like to invite everyone to, you know, go to ggpredict.io, uh, see for themselves. Uh, obviously, if you don't play, we, we cannot analyze your your data, but I think the website looks cool. Uh, there are some data that is openly available from professional matches. You can, you can check this out. Uh, maybe you can learn something about esports. Maybe that will get you interested. So uh... Brilliant. Okay, in the news, we read about um, a big round uh, from an investor called TDJ Pitango. I'm not quite sure if I'm uh, reading this correctly. Very interesting name. Um, the money is probably almost gone by now because that was a year mm -hmm. ago, if I understand correctly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what's next, guys? Uh, where is the product? Where is uh, the customer? Where is the money? And uh, what's next? Yeah, so li like you said, we have raised this first round uh, a year ago. It, it was, you know, a pre-seed round and we used it to, you know, finish the beta tests, to finish the product. Right now we have uh, about 2,000 people registered for our beta tests. Which is which is great, which is giving us a lot of data on the usage, uh, and you know it allows us to to improve greatly on on the product. So quite soon we're launching the the full uh, the full version of, of GGPredict of our panel, and yeah, like like you said, uh, we are currently raising uh, another round. We are already in talks with some investors, so uh, hopefully soon we'll be able to. Uh, to share the news with with everyone for a Polish startup. One million is it a lot in your opinion, or maybe just about right to get things started? Um, so uh, I, I, that's a hard question. I don't think there is, you know, something. There is no like right amount uh, in general. I, I think there are startups that can go without funding for quite a long time, and there, are, you know, probably for some one million slot would be wouldn't be enough to even finish a prototype. Yeah, for us it was enough to to build a whole team to 
be able to move from a prototype to to a working uh, to a working product. Um, and I, I think that's a market standard right now. Uh, at, at you know this pre-seed seed stage, Polish investors will give you one or two million zlotys, and this is something uh, that's usually non-negotiable. So I, I think that's that's what it is on our on our market. I think it's uh, really important whether you're just manufacturing software, mm -hmm. let's call it that way, or actually doing some hardware work as well. This is totally different, totally different stuff. Absolutely. So, so I think. In my opinion, one million zloty for a software company, I think it should be enough to prove something. Yeah. It should be just enough money to continue with uh, with the funding and maybe even start selling. So how do you actually plan to sell your product? I'm really interested in the sales tactics. I checked your Facebook and you do not run any ads as of today, I think. So... Yeah, what's the plan? So uh, obviously we're gonna run some ads, but you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, we are gamers ourselves. We are quite uh, deep into this mm -hmm. community. We we know everyone there, so um, we want to build our communication with gamers, being there with them, being there for them, understanding what they want from this to improve, and then being in this constant dialogue. So. Uh, Ads will come, but what we do and what we even do right now is we work with tournament organizers, we work with professional teams, we work with professional players. We provide them with data, and obviously they, they tell others, hey, we use GPredict. This is something that is useful. This is cool. This gives us new insights into the game. And we are present in you know Facebook groups, on forums, on, on websites. We are present in the community. We provide people with data, and so far this is this is working for us we share infographic after a tournament we show people what happened what they didn't see because you know we show them some interesting stats that wouldn't be able to uh, to get without our help and we see hundreds of people coming to our websites uh, after that so uh, our recipe apart from all the traditional methods is you know just being there on the scene talking with people uh, being gamers and understanding what people need and giving them that. Aren't you afraid that this is a very time-consuming way of doing things in terms of mainly manpower? It really takes time to do things like being engaged in the community. Well, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong because I don't know how well it worked so far, but in terms of scaling the sales, do you have any plans that will maybe consist of something else as well or maybe do you have a dedicated team that's going to be hired i don't know uh, maybe in a few months do you have a plan like that for yeah, this yeah so i think in esports and that that's something that is you know also great about this uh, about this community and about this market is that uh, i would say gamers are quite condensed so there are a couple of websites and groups for each country let's say that gather at least 90% of all the of all the community. So it's actually quite easy to reach vast majority of, of our target, at least with our content. Probably, you know, with uh, different uh, products, it's, it's way more difficult than, than here in esports. Um, so this is something that, that makes it easier. Uh, but actually, I think this is, you know, the only way to do it. Uh, and gamers are generally quite skeptical 
And when we talk with them, we do deep dives, we do some questionnaires, we, we talk with people and they are quite, they, they don't trust new solutions when they just pop up. If you, you know, create new tool and just, you know, have a lot of advertisements and, you know, pay me some amount of money for this, people will not trust you immediately. So you need to build this trust. You need to talk with, with players. And this is, mm. we, we think this is the only way to do it. And also um, countries and in geographies that are very fluid here, it's a very globalized industry. So uh, obviously there are some Polish teams, there are some Swedish teams, there are some American teams that are mostly followed by local uh, fan bases. But then there are tournaments that are not local and every team participates in international tournaments. If you work with them, you immediately reach a lot of people. After building some of this communication country by country, you start to gain uh, international and let's say universal trust among players and then it becomes very scalable when you go global. And and this is more or less our strategy. Sure. Okay. Understood. Please tell me a bit more about the team because I'm reading through my questions here and I'm not entirely sure why, but I didn't write down to ask you what's your team like. Okay. So who's on board? How many? Um, so right now there are uh, 10 of us. Um, we started, uh, the idea came up uh, the with three of us on the board, we had um, Daniel, Mateusz, and myself. Uh, I'm a data scientist. Daniel is a front-end developer. Mateusz is a back-end developer. So we started as, you know, general technical team. We were immediately joined by Michał, who is our chief revenue officer. We met working in uh, the big data company. Uh, Mateusz uh, then moved to uh, CD Projekt, to Spoko, their mobile arm. So has a great experience in uh, in the gaming industry as well. So I, I think in terms of experience in, in gaming, in big data and data analytics, we have all of this covered. And, and in data visualization, because Daniel is an amazing uh, front-end developer. Then we were joined by Michał, who was working on marketing in uh, gaming industry and multiple games, game studios. He was working in uh, corporations with, with, you know, really great experience. And... On top of that, we built a great team uh, of, of programmers, of uh, UX designers. Recently, we brought in uh, Alex, who is uh, a support psychologist from Hong Kong University. He used to work with Soton, the football team from in the UK. So we have, uh, I think right now we have a very well-rounded team, mostly technologically focused, but with enough uh, experience and people from the marketing side and, and enough competences to build a great product that, that we need. To. I had a question here about whether you should, you know, maybe try and build a software house, but you already said that you guys are gamers and probably this kind of thing would not even cross your mind to build a software house instead of a technology to help gamers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, it just doesn't seem as interesting uh, work, you know. Software houses can do great stuff, but we believe, you know, creating something that is tool for, for something that, that's your passion is way more interesting. Sure. Okay, I mean, I think uh, I know why, why I wrote down this question because when I search for companies, there is a lot of software houses, but I it's, it's really difficult to find technology, you know, a specific tool or a specific idea hard-coded in Poland and then sold. Well, at least I'm trying. So 
good that you guys are in this bucket, not in the other one. Um, what's the most difficult aspect of uh, running a software startup, in your opinion? Um, I'm interested in you know things that may be suggestion for other startups, something that they will use, utilize. Um, so I would say for us that would be uh, focus. I was talking about you know this focus on Counter Strike and 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 we are working on it, but you know we are all gamers, and I'm gonna repeat it many more times again. So when we do this tool, everybody has ton of ideas, and every single day somebody come up and then say, hey, maybe we should do this. You know, this would be a very cool feature, or you know, let's change something because I played yesterday and I noticed if I if our tool would give me something, would tell me something that would be amazing. So we have tons of ideas every day, and and the problem is that. Uh, it's very easy to get distracted with all the ideas, you know, chasing after, you know, some small features and losing, you know, the, the main uh, the main target, uh, the main product we're, we're uh, focusing on. Um, so I, I don't know if this is a problem in every company that you have too many ideas and you, and you start uh, losing time on them, maybe not losing time, but not focusing. Uh, what I think helped us a lot is is when we introduced um, this thing that uh, we have once every couple of weeks. We have this session when every single person in the company, and doesn't matter if they are from marketing, from backend, or whatever, goes through uh, all the usage data, goes through you know how um, players behave on our website, watches through all the traffic on our website. And I think it helps keep everyone on the same page that, you know, we are doing this for our customer. And some ideas that we thought were amazing and that we really like using may not be so obvious or so good for general audience out there. And and this is something that was, uh, you know, a great thing for us and helped us, uh, you know, with getting on the same page for everyone. So, yeah, that that would be my advice, you know, to... to, uh, have everyone uh, engaged in creating a tool for for the final client. Mm, yeah, I think you know lack of focus is probably one of the top things. Even when you read some uh, startup specific books or startup specific blogs of investors and stuff like that, I, I think obviously there are different things that uh, we entrepreneurs do wrong, but you know that's the essence of it, I guess, and especially for a company that is still developing a product you know it's it's crucial to have this focus yeah. and um since you guys are uh, now looking for a new investment new round i would like to uh, follow up on this topic with a question about investments so covid era you're a software company what would you say uh, to other uh, startups, entrepreneurs, when they look for investments today? Is there something they should look out for? Or maybe the things did change a lot mm-hmm. from 2018-19 when you get your first round. Uh, I'm interested in the approach now from your side and maybe from the investments side as well. I'm in the comfortable position that, uh, you know, Gigi Predict is in esports that all, and all investors know we are the COVID-proof industry. So uh, from my perspective, not much has changed. I see uh, a lot of Polish and even uh, foreign VCs 
still you know wanting to talk about investments still being interested uh, in talking and still being you know very proactive in terms of you know behavior from the investor side i don't see much difference i'm i'm quite sure uh, that you know if somebody else is in uh, covid proof industry this is very helpful and and talking about this usually opens a lot of doors and is a huge asset if you if you're negotiating or talking with investors yeah but apart from that i i don't think much has changed you know the investors still have money they still need to invest it somewhere so uh, probably if somebody has a good idea and and good good product they can easily raise money for it okay closing question Mm-hmm. What did you learn recently that helps you do your job better? Hmm. And this can be anything. I mean, yeah. if you listen to my podcast, this question comes at the very end and no one knows about it. So, <laughs> so you know. Yeah. Um, I think recently um, I am, uh, you know, at least I was an entrepreneurship beginner when we started GG Predict. So I feel I'm I'm learning quite a lot every day. Uh, so uh, it's actually hard to choose. But I think recently with uh, with our product beta, being able to observe uh, our clients more, being able to talk with them more, and you know, uh, apply it to, to to strategy and to our planning for future and. Uh, I'm afraid I don't have anything, you know, uh, catchy or, you know, one sentence thing that I learned that is, you know, a breakthrough. But uh, maybe what it is, is, you know, learning to to spend more time following your customer and then, you know, being there with your customers. Uh, that, that's something that, that's incredibly important. And uh, being a technical person, and I think a lot of people in startups are technical people, uh, I... I had this problem that I, I always prefer to focus on technical aspects and not on the sales and business aspects. And I think, you know, this is uh, something a lot of people are talking about, but you have to learn it yourself and uh, one way or another. And yeah, that, that's something I'm, I'm learning uh, recently, especially uh, heavy. Brilliant. I think it's uh, actually quite easy in comparison to, you know, when you do, for example, B2B sales or something else, which is more complex or like tender participation and things like that. You guys have the data at your hand pretty much and analyzing your customers or your followers, you know, or anyone who gets into some kind of interaction with your company and your product, that's probably one of the key things for you Absolutely. guys to grow because then on that you can build the strategy you can build up the roadmap for your product as well so so i think it's a very important that you mentioned this today and my sense uh, tells me that you guys go in the correct direction when you focus on the on the customer and that al- that also that always helps um yeah so Brilliant. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Very refreshing, um, very refreshing interview. Very interesting uh, thoughts on uh, the gaming industry. And I'm really glad, uh, Przemek, that 
we've met today. I'm very happy to be able to talk with and, you. And I hope you don't mind the fact that I really didn't ask too many questions about the technology. I'm, you know, really interested in the things which are around the technology because we can always read another interview or how it works and, you know, how many players and whatever. These are mm -hmm. simple questions, but here I think it was interesting as well for our listeners. So, brilliant. Yeah, sure. Thank you very much one more time and speak to you soon. Yeah, thank you very much.